Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. So in this episode, we are discussing why are we our own worst critic? <laughs> okay, I'm laughing because yeah, this is really close to my heart. I'm, um, yeah, I really resonate with this one. It's my specialist subject. <laughs> I have a superpower in self-criticism, I think. Um, so, it, yes, I think it was an easy topic to choose this week uh, where we both went, oh yeah, let's talk about that one. We know quite a lot about that one uh, from not just the work that we do, but our own personal experience. Yeah. Do you think people get into jobs like we do because of, of things like having this inner critic that they've worked with for years and it feels like, I'd like to help other people with this? That sort of feels like where it's come from for me. Yeah, I, I think... I think um, I think you might have something there. You know, I yeah, I noticed that that lots of clients are in sort of caring roles or you, things where they look after other people and then and then their their issues are, are a lot of them are around not doing that well enough or not being good enough or not to being able to take care of themselves so there doesn't there does seem to be something feeding in i shall ask around my psychotherapy friends and see if uh, see if we all have this sense of not being good enough you know having that inner critic and whether that that dealing with that has driven us all yeah. to to want to help other people i'm interested to know whether there are people walking around that have a voice in their head that's just like, hi, you're great, like, let's keep doing more of the same. This is just brilliant, you're a great person. Um, I don't meet many of them, but then that's because of the work I do, you do. Yeah. But I wonder if, there probably are a few, maybe the Dalai Lama, I imagine his internal experience is quite a friendly one, but he has probably spent the whole of his life practising kindness and compassion towards himself. Do you know, it's so helpful. funny that you give him as an example because I went straight to, well, there'd be people with big egos and, and no self-awareness. Ah, interesting. <laughs> oh, those, there would be those people too. Are we saying this is bimodal? Definitely. They <laughs> are the two ends extreme. of the scale. <laughs> yes. And of course, most people, as we often talk about, are somewhere, somewhere in, in the, the messy, messy middle. middle. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you pointed to something just then about what um, kind of drives this, and I certainly relate to that in this wanting to be, the, or not feeling good enough, which leads for me to needing to be this person I think I ought to be, should be, this idealised, perfect human that I'm so far away from. That's what it feels like. There's this gulf between me and how I think I should be. But it's quite interesting to explore where that has come from, from an evolutionary mm. perspective, isn't it? Yes. And I think it touches in on some of the stuff we've previously spoken about, which is that we're wired for survival. Yeah, absolutely. That that those messages are about our brains wanting to keep us safe, and and it, it's frustrating that 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 safety has got generalized by our lazy brains it's got generalized to being good enough um it's almost like the the negativity bias has gone looking for something to worry about because once upon a time there would have been a lot of 
occasions where we were very unsafe, right? Either being attacked by wild beasts or neighbouring tribes or not having food, you know, real genuine life-threatening dangers. And here we are sat in this warm, lovely living room with not a lot of danger on the horizon, yet still finding ourselves reacting in these kind of worried, mm. anxious ways. And the being ousted from the group or, you know, these primitive things that would have meant we were unsafe have kind of got distorted by this fusing of new brain, old brain reactivity yeah. to being self-critical, sedimented beliefs about not being good enough and how we should be. It's really all mixed up, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that shift from spotting dangers, useful, mm. to just spotting negatives yeah. um and which is which is a much a much smaller thing you know than 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 dangers and and you're right that's where the 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 new brain has really got muddled up with with that with that old brain i think i think there's definitely something in that i'm I'm conscious that i can't pull a paper or some research out to really justify this point of view but it feels really that it is is the correct way of, of looking at it because you're right danger has turned just into sort of general negativity being pulled towards what isn't okay yes and that's that's where we're pulled we know we have this negativity bias and what's not okay once upon a time would be to have no food or no shelter or no tribe to look after us but now what's not okay is i don't know me not um i don't know I can't think of anything else. Well, not having a big enough house or not having yeah. the right job or not having, you know, the right relationship. Not, yeah, yeah, not having the right eyebrows, not having, you know. Right, so <laughs> how much of that comes from us having this instinctive thing and how much of that has been distorted by what the world is feeding us? Yeah, yeah, and there's the there's the question, right? I think I think that's quite difficult to pull out. I mean, what we do know and I'm also struggling to pull a paper into my head, but we do know from MRI studies that for every five negative things that we notice, we only see a couple of positives, right? I think it's Sharon Salzberg or someone like that that does a lot of, maybe Kristen Neff, who does a lot of compassion. They said something, uh, compassion studies and training, they said something like, we register negativity, that we register positivity at plus five, you know, it takes that long, but we register negativity about the minus two. You know, it's so yes. easily picked up on, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's, and that, that's where we've switched from danger to to negative i think to yeah. you know um and and uh, and you're right that that lots of that some of that some of that generalizing is going to have come from societal norms and the way in which we've interpreted what keeps us in the in group what keeps us in our uh safe in our society and you can see that through history, right, with what courtly behaviour and, you know, what, 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 what becomes appropriate and right in particular situations. And it's a lot to do with human dynamics as well, isn't it? If you just take something as simple as, it's not simple, but, you know, bullying in the playground, playground hierarchy. Yeah. From a very early age, there's that sense of needing to be and behave in a way that fits with what the popular 
people um, have decided is is the norm. Yeah, and that's and it can be arbitrary, right? So arbitrary, and it can be completely different from one week to the next. Yes. Yeah. And I never, as a child, I never worked out how you got to be, in in my case, girl, because it was an all-girls school, how you got to be the girl who... Who made those who decisions? Made the rules. Yeah, and that everybody yeah. followed. I don't. I. I clearly, I was not part of that in group. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I was always a sort of periphery member. I wasn't not in the group, but I was never the person, and I was never one of the people quite high, like the the lieutenants and the and the, and the captains. I was just a foot soldier. Um, but it felt I didn't like it. Mm. I didn't like compromising who I was. To be, but it felt safer. Yeah, actually, to just be someone that was accepted, to not make ripples, to not be controversial, to not to have my own style or anything that could have caused me attention and therefore um, worrying attention. You could have been beaten up for it or something. So I played the game. Yeah, and I think I did it quite well because I managed to to not be in the the group that everyone went, you know, to. But also, uh, yeah, just just hang out with them, sort of keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, whereas I kind of flew below the radar, so which was a lonely place to be, but then not in either kind of the misfits group or the or the mean girls group, right? But but just sort of not really seen, which yeah, yeah felt felt safe, safe yeah, and lonely, yeah. The times that I did stick my head about above the parapet in whatever way that might present itself, were scary times for me, mm. you know. Yeah. And I soon learned not to do that. So, yeah, I think it, it's interesting to know that it's... There's not... Oh, I suppose how much programming is there in in children? We're talking teenagers here, though, really, aren't we? Yeah. Like, it's a, a sort of softer sense of that at primary school, maybe, but it's it's in those teens, it's in those that adolescence that, that that stuff really comes to the fore. And of course, they're full of societal expectations then. Yeah. And how it should be. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting stuff. And one of the other things we were talking about, uh, as well as this idealised version, that comes from comparisonitis, you know, looking at how other people seem to be doing versus the way in which we are yeah and then we're comparing how we feel with what other people are allowing us to see so it's not a fair comparison right you know nobody hardly anybody posts about you know the row they just had they just post the nice picture of everybody everybody on the beach you know (laughs) i was talking to someone the other day who I hadn't really, you know, really, really good friend of mine, haven't seen enough of COVID and various other things, being super busy in their job. And they'd clearly been going through some difficult stuff around parenting and other experiences in their life. And when we had the conversation, it was like, wow, I keep speaking to people and they're sharing this stuff and we're all going through it, aren't we? And I'm like, yep, yes, we are. But you don't see that no. on social media because we curate the version that goes out there. We're not going to say, oh, I'm really struggling on social media. No. In some ways, we should. We, sh- we need a new social media um, <laughs> platform that's basically the truth, the truth of the yeah. matter. Here's the unvarnished version. The unvarnished version. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and, but even even in conversations, we we often edit. You know that we give a a sanitized version of how we're feeling or what or what we're thinking because we don't kind of want to we don't want to make ourselves unsafe it feels unsafe to let to let our to let everything just hang out yeah and and i also think by restricting what we're um what we're broadcasting about our lives actually feeds into this sense of self-criticism because yeah. we're basically saying you're pretending. So we've got a really good BS detector. You're pretending that everything's fine, but yeah. really we know it's not, don't we? And then shame comes then in. Shame. And, and because anything that's hidden is, is going to lead to shame. Yeah. And, and that's so self-destructive, yeah. you know. So we get into that thing about, you know, perfection, perfectionism being the enemy of good enough, right? Because we're were human beings this idea that there is a perfect there can't be a perfect version because I, I do love the social media accounts that people that go this has just happened to me and you know that i do find that refreshing mm. but even that to a certain extent is it's been put out there for a reason yeah. because they're people like me or you and they've got businesses to run and talk about stuff in order that people can relate to them and so you know it, it, it has an end goal um, but I'm not cynical about that. I can't completely understand it. You know, I'm, I'm sure I do it too. I put a post out about self-criticism um, recently too because it's something I know my clients can relate to and I want them to know that I do it too. I want them to know it's perfectly normal and human to do this stuff and that there are ways of working with it, right? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That, that, that the shame, the, the not talking about it, leads us to believe that... We're wrong that, that, that we're rot, yeah, and that there is nothing to be done about it. You know that that we're that that's just how we are, and everyone else is having a much better life. They're much, you know, they're much more sorted. They are, they are perfect, and yeah, and, and we're the only ones. Yeah, yeah, that are sitting here. And, and therefore nothing can be done. To, yeah. And that is another stick to beat ourselves with. Yeah. And I think, again, we were talking just earlier that I think this is one of the things that's really key is looking at the approach we're taking to be the person that we want to be. Yes. Right? So, of course, we all have this sense that we would like to be, I don't know, the happiest or the most flourishing or whatever. And I'm not talking materially here because materially none of that is important if inside we detest ourselves you know that we're criticizing ourselves and we we hate on ourselves it's a bit american isn't it um but you know there's that sense that we're in our internal experience is a row it's 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 unpleasant um that actually the way in which we are trying to get where we feel we ought to be we are beating ourselves with a stick. And it's a bit like when I talk about training our minds to be more present. You can either do it like it's... Well, so I imagine, I say to people, imagine it's like an untrained puppy. You've got two ways of training that puppy. One is with a choke chain and a stick. But what kind of puppy do you breed? You know, what kind of puppy does yeah. that end up when it's a fully-fledged dog? Frightened, angry, timid, or aggressive and, you know, violent? So that's one way we can relate to ourselves in this aggressive kind of not good enough, you know, which is what we're doing when we're self-criticizing, isn't it? Being yes. an inner bully. Absolutely. And our, we and are, our brains yeah. respond in the same way. Yeah, we're bullying ourselves, yeah. 
Or we can treat our puppy, still got to be trained, right? This is the thing. We don't let the puppy run amok because when it does, we don't know what it's doing. And this is why we're often, our thoughts run away with us and we're not in any kind of, have no agency over what our brains are doing. But we train our puppy in a firm, but we reward it each time. Yeah. It we comes catch back. good behaviour. We catch good behaviour and you say, yay, go me, well done brain. Um, and so it, it, it leads to that whole point about noticing what is happening in our brains. Where are our thoughts going? Are they helpful? Are they unhelpful? Is this supporting me to tell myself I'm an idiot because I dropped the thing that I accidentally dropped? Yeah. Absolutely. And would you, you know, if it was somebody else doing that? I think it's always it's always a helpful thing to go back to. If this was somebody else, what would I say to them? You know, because for most of us, we, we wouldn't give them a hard time. We, you know, we'd, we'd commiserate. We'd say it doesn't matter. It, you know, don't worry. It's just a thing. We can we can sort it. Right. If, we'd offer if, them some kindness. Yeah. There we go. But doing that, doing that for ourselves is always it's always quite hard. It's interesting. When I'm talking with clients, we often talk about kind of the parts of us, right? And on all of those parts are trying to keep us safe. This inner critic is trying to keep us safe in some way. And so to 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 hate on her, to use your your expression, is is self-defeating, right? Yeah. So there's something about thank you for trying to help. But actually I've got this. Yeah. You don't I, it's okay. To, you can sit down again, you know. <laughs> yes, and I think actually labelling or identifying these different parts, there's loads of different ones. Yeah. Um, but not spotting when little Miss Critical rears her head and, and that sense of saying, you know, I appreciate what you're trying to do for me, but you're in a bit of overdrive. Not needed right now. We are safe or it's not very kind. I'm going to take the more kindly approach, but thanks. I'm going to tap into little Miss Friendly over exactly. here because she's giving me what I need right now, which is a bit of support and a bit of kindness. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, isn't it, also to just recognise the fact that the thoughts that we have and the way our brain interprets information and processes information is not real you know that yeah. it's just our brain trying to make sense of the world to keep us safe so just because it comes up with a, a a viewpoint or a story or a thought doesn't make it true and it's i not think that's me. so important that's so important you know that just because we've had a thought doesn't make it true and we don't you know we we wouldn't say it did in other circumstances right but we hang on to all of those negative ones um and, and imbue them with this idea that, that well, if I thought it, it must, must be true. It must be. Yeah. But, and, and learning can, to let that go. Yeah. yeah. I can feel a whole other podcast in this thinking thing because mm. um, it's, I know we did one about overthinking uh, previously, but there's something in this sense of what we attach to the thoughts that yeah. we have when they're just things that arise in consciousness based on our brains processing information that when dark and, and horrible ones come in it might bring guilt or shame or, or, or you know yeah absolutely think, is, is it another topic needs exploring yeah, yeah it is it how is we might detach ourselves from thoughts as being me lucy and my thinking is me versus thoughts come in as thoughts and their works in progress right it's progress. just a it's a way of processing and some are useful yeah and we don't have to hold on to all of them right you know some are my best creative idea 
Some are a plan that's useful, some are a memory that I like to have, and some are, are crazy or bonkers or... Mean. Or mean, and I can just choose to let those go. Yeah. It's easier said than done, just in case people are suddenly thinking, what, how do I do that? I mean, this is part of the work. We sometimes have to point to the fact that this stuff isn't just uh, a light switch that gets flicked. Oh, it's, it's going to be fine now. This working with the inner critic mm. is an ongoing uh, process. process. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, because the temptation is either to to embody it and believe it or to or to push it away and if you know things that that we resist persist you know as we're always saying you know the more we push it away the more power we give it so a level of kind of acceptance that it's here and actually it's not helpful and can I foreground something that would be more kindly um, more supportive you know is is very different from pushing it away yeah but it's a really hard thing to learn to do because every every cell in our bodies is going, I don't want that, I don't want it, I don't. But it's why we don't even start looking at that stuff yeah. till week five of a mindfulness course. You yeah. know, we've yeah. learned how to foreground things that are helpful for the previous five weeks, you know. So actually, it's, it's really, it takes practice. All this stuff, mm. you know, how we might shift attention to something more helpful is exactly what we do before we even know what we're shifting our attention away from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's why it's so important to practice these things when we're feeling robust and okay and in everyday life so that it's something that's kind of there when we need it. Can't so, weave your parachute while you're falling out the plane. Exactly. Thank you, Mr. John so. Cabot's in for that one. <laughs> But it's exactly what yeah. you meant by that. Yeah, it is. And it's, and it's really powerful. So I'm, you know, I talk to clients a lot about noticing positive things. And, they, and this, is not, this is not about being grateful for the, for the big things, but for the, for the small moments of joy that if we take a moment to notice it, then that means that we're much more present. able to notice things and we're really present. So we notice... The sunrise this morning was extraordinary. It was just lovely. Oh, well, I'm just feeling it on my back right yeah, now. Just, as you're speaking, yeah. I'm seeing you all lit up in the sunshine and I've got it warm on my back compared to our frosty walk earlier. I mean, it was lovely to be walking, but it was cold. And, and, this is and we were very warm. mindful of not falling over. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. We had to pay attention to that. Um, but those little moments, I think that's the other thing is, goes in line with what we're talking about in terms of expectation of how our lives should be we're so desperate to get there that we're missing out on what's right here in front of us and how much joy can be taken from the smallest of things i think that's one of our big takeaways is 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 about being present and noticing the positive things and as we were saying earlier letting go of of the belief that if we've had a thought, that must be true, and that is us. Yeah. Um, we'd say, I'm saying that's like, like, like I'm just going to pop out and do that now. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all really, really hard to do every day, but yeah. uh, but it's practice, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I like it's hard to do. It takes practice. It takes practice. You yes. know, actually, once you're practicing, it's not it's not that hard to do because it becomes a habit. Yeah, but it's it's. It isn't just something that can happen by knowing it. And I think this is one of those drums we bang a lot, that cognitive knowing 
us talking about it today, it will maybe pique interest, it will maybe get you thinking, but in some ways that in itself is a problem, right? <laughs> Overthinking it. And what needs to happen is the practice of letting go of thoughts and coming back to something that's real in this moment, as you said, redirecting attention to something that's more helpful, more supportive. It's why we always come to the breath in a meditation. Yes. Might be not the best anchor for everybody, but for lots of people, that's a place of soothing, a place of ease, a slowing down, uh, and and it's moving around so we can bring our interest to it, you know, maybe in a a way that's easier than the feet or some of the other anchors we might use in practice. Yeah, absolutely. And developing that kindness to ourselves that we would show to others. Yeah. 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 The other stuff's got to come first, I reckon. Yeah. Because when we can, it's like a, it's like a little cascade, isn't it? When we can spot that it's happening and we can cultivate a letting go of our own self-criticism and then get that bit of perspective on it to be able to say, hang on, I don't speak to others like this, so I'm not going to do this to myself either. I also am worthy of kindliness. Yes. Um, Yeah. 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 It all points to that, really, doesn't it? It really does. (laughs) Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes?